Thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Forum, a space where you have heard perspectives from global industry executives on human ingenuity. This is our 2023 season finale, where we have curated insights from each of our show guests. It's our way of saying thank you to each of you, our guests, and showing our immense gratitude to all of you, our listeners, for tuning in each week. I'm your host, Sakya Bali, partner at Spiderworks and Explorer Say Hi to the Future, the fast-growing community highlighting the human side of ingenuity. Let's listen in. So I always bring that to people's attention to say, even if you think it's it might not be the perfect answer, you're not always going to have the perfect answer or idea, but bring the idea to the table. I've done round tables in my office where I've said, hey, listen, I'm going to bring lunch. Does anybody want to come and talk about ideas? And I got my, oh, I don't know where it is. I got my pink book of ideas. And we go, I go through those ideas on a regular basis to remind myself of ideas that have come from the floor Uh and again, you need we I need to make sure people can be brave enough to come to me with those ideas. So I'm always open to listen and and to understand and and to try to push some of those ideas through. Some of them don't work. It's right. Not everything does. I'm sure when all these innovative companies came up with ideas, not the first idea works. So that you know what? I I'm I am going to remember brave ideas, right? I mean, I, yeah. that that is it's one of our guiding principles. That is yep. such a cool way of doing things. The place that I see human ingenuity the most is among the people who are close to a problem. So they Mm. understand how things work, but they also can see the areas that need to improve. And uh, that's what I really love. It's when people come to an old problem with a new set of eyes, um, but uh, one that takes the, the, the things that we don't have in, uh, control over into account. In the old idiom, uh, one has to walk and chew gum. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I completely understand. I completely understand. Regardless of what we've assessed for and you know where we think care delivery is happening, what it should look like, only you are in the position in the moment to determine what a client really needs um, because that's where you are in your journey with them. And so I think that, you know, from a compassion perspective, if we make it too rigid, um, then I don't think people get to shine in, in doing their best work. Um, and that get, it means for us in human ing- ingenuity that we actually create some space for it. it. It's not that every minute of every day is is fully accounted for, but really gives people some flexibility. I think that could be an ingenious way to help deal with some of the supply issues in a very timely way. And a lot of these, for instance, a lot of these smaller homes can be uh, 3D printed and prepared uh, uh, quite rapidly. You need to have appropriate approval and all the rest of it, of course. But with that, I see that as an opportunity to open up a bit of a pipeline to help deal with some of these issues and really using human ingenuity uh, to help deal with it. I was speaking with some folks this morning, that's what they're looking at doing in Hawaii for Lahane. Uh, 3D printed homes and try to accelerate something to replace what's there in record time. You know, and and I don't mean to make light of the situation, uh, but you're absolutely right. A crisis generally precipitates um, doing something very differently. You know, I, I feel very privileged to be part of an educational institution where learning and creativity and, you know, um, curiosity is at the center of what we do. Um, And so we too, as educational administrators have to embody that. 
That is what employers are demanding. That's what the world is demanding. That's what our students are demanding. Um, and so to me, you know, what is ingenuity? It's about being creative, harnessing the power of that creative, um, having humility to understand what you know and what you don't know, and, and sort of being in that constant state of being curious and open about the future and being able to build an organization around you that too is agile and adaptive and quick and moves with pace. When you talk about ingenuity, I think what young people today, especially, but I think everybody in or, an organization wants the opportunity to influence a decision. And they want to be able to do it, you know, for sure in their area of responsibility. But I do believe that, you know, having the opportunity to influence executive leadership really gives them the uh, understanding that um, my ideas can contribute to an organization. Somebody's going to give me the opportunity to express what those ideas are in a constructive way. And uh, and even though I may be at an entry level position, holy smokes, I may be able to get the CEO to actually see something that he can't see and make me a greater part of that, you know, of that overall decision or strategy that we may be taking. I have over my career learned, Sake, that if you want to have a successful innovation, you would be better off if you give out more value to others than you keep. Than what you keep. <laughs> And you know why? Because that creates networking effects. And networking effects is what scales your innovation. Because other people think, oh, I'm getting a great deal. So, and then you will talk to your friend and say, look, I got a, such a great deal. And then people talk about it. And you are deliberately giving that value out, keeping less for yourself. But the, at the end of the day, your, your innovation will scale and you will be, let's say, the success. That is beautifully put, Vessel. Um, you know, it's, it's. I think uh, what I'm, what I'm hearing is ingenuity is in the service of others. What I would do over is probably take more risk in my career. Um, I have been pretty risk averse. I think had I taken more risk early on, I'm, I've been taking much more risk now that I'm later in my career, which is interesting. But earlier in the career, I could have had. I think I could have learned a lot more early on had I taken more risk and just done done new things. I would have loved to have done a international assignment. That that was very risky, right, at the time. Um, and you know, I probably would have um, you know taken more roles that are less traditional. Um, but I probably would have taken different a different path and and taken some side roads. Yeah. And if we keep saying that. I can't fail, then that's the sort of vibe we even bring into yeah. as a leader where we say others can't fail either, yeah. right? Very consistent thought, which is um, if we extend more grace to ourselves and remember that we will fail, it's just remember that others are going through the same journey. You know, I remember I probably did exactly what you just said, which is project this idea of a very high standard and we can't fail. But that's not realistic. And you're just putting so much perhaps unnecessary pressure on the situation and on people. I also think, frankly, I judged people too quickly and too harshly. You know, here's a very tangible example. I was recently asked to give a reference on somebody who, when I worked with them, I didn't have a particularly high opinion. And frankly, maybe five, 10 years ago, I would have shared that. 
But now I refrained mm. and I said, you know, it's been a couple years. I don't know because because maybe somebody wasn't at their best. That doesn't mean they're not a great human or not fit for this new job. Gosh, I think about when I was at my worst and if people judged me ongoing or gave reference checks on me based on that moment in time with everything that was going on in my life, then gosh, I, I wouldn't have been set up for success either. So I just think it's sort of extending grace all around. How many times have human beings tried to prevent diseases that involve behavior change okay because there is prevention that can involve vaccines and that would be ingenious right and there are people working on diabetes vaccines i mean think we never thought there could be cancer vaccines yeah 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 right and now there are cancer there's hpv there's things like that so how do we for example think about the environments in which we put people access to healthy foods people live in food deserts Mm. you know uh what about healthy eating in schools what about as i said walkable communities what about public transportation but sacca as we all know this is not a quick fix and this is also so (laughs) multi-layered it would be silly not to look at that it would be silly not to take a look at how can we bring ingenuity to prevention what would that look like it was a difficult decision to make in in light of as i said a lot of misinformation at you know in those first first few months um but it showed me something in terms of resilience you know our ceo kept that promise we had made a commitment we did it for environmental reasons there's a lot of uncertainty swirling we're not entirely sure what exactly is going to happen but we're going to stay committed until we know otherwise and um for a big organization which you know obviously reputationally you know, you, you take a bit of a risk that way. But I think what it showed me was the importance of having that North Star, that we've made a commitment, we're gonna stay to it. Um, you know, but pivot if we need to, but stay committed. And I think that's what it takes to do this type of work. Bold leadership, commitment, reporting, storytelling. Um, but to me, that was a good example of, of resilience, which is, you know, really about staying true to what's what your core value is, what your objective is, and and executing accordingly. I think resilience is a muscle that you can exercise. And I think it comes from um, obviously being able to overcome the obstacles that get thrown in front of you, but having the right kind of team to figure out how to solve problems. If you can have an empowered team that knows how to deal with what's in front of them, they can overcome a lot. All of that is overcoming the obstacles in front of you, making the best of whatever comes next and choosing to continue moving forward no matter what comes at you. Um, And I believe that is the epitome of of resilience, is being able to overcome whatever obstacle comes in front of you. And as I've grown and grown white hair, (laughs) I've realized, I mean, the, the real meaning of wisdom and and that growth uh, through experience is truly the ability to uh, to encounter as many challenges and obstacles and allowing each of those challenges, each of that obstacle, each of that failure to in a way open more and more of your own blind spots. And as I've gone through those curves where I've failed several times, I've made wrong decisions several times, I've made mistakes several times, the more mistakes I've made, the more I've realized and appreciated the importance of making those mistakes. I've appreciated 
the importance of letting myself fail or making making sure that the fear of failure doesn't get in the way of trying new things, of trying something different, of trying every single possible way of solving a particular problem. The only way we can find inspiration to innovate is by having a, a close relationship with someone with a problem. You know, we're, we're not mind readers, so we try to spend time talking to people with problems so that we can understand how can we address it in a way that, you know, demonstrably improves that particular customer's issues or deals with the issues. So that's the first thing. And, and to really empower our people, uh, you know, we run, a, I think, a very flat organization. We're constantly pushing things down to the organization. As a CEO, I was very hands-on product leadership for a long time because I wanted to listen to what people were saying so then we could foster the right sort of innovation there. Now we've got a a really robust product team that's spending a lot of time doing the same thing, but fundamentally we bring engineering operations and product management together to deliver you know, a product that the customer wants. One of the things we did at our company is we, we tried to operationalize our values. So each of our core values afterwards is a series of imperative sentences is what it means to do that, right? So when, what does it mean to be authentic? And one of the things you say is be vulnerable and allow space for others to be vulnerable. And so then when we do our quarterly reviews on people, we don't just review them on their technical capabilities. We say, are you meeting the bar for these values? Because this is, a, this is the fit for the company. If you want to be here, this is the way we want to all operate. So what I would try to do in those situations is give examples for them of when they have or haven't done that so that, 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 they, that I'm encouraging the proper behavior, uh, or the, the, not proper, the behavior we want to encourage for the company. The second piece, whether it be Dale Carnegie, Simon Sinek, Franklin Covey, whoever you want to go back to, they all talk about modeling the behavior you want to see. All of them said, you know, I can't give a quote white, but if you, you know, you can yell at kids and tell kids what to do, but if you watch kids, what they will do is to do what you do, right? So modeling behavior, then you, and I got that quote wrong, but that's basically <laughs> Modeling the behavior you want to see. If you want to show that it's wrong, to, it's okay to make mistakes, make mistakes openly and publicly with your team so that they can see it. And then they get confidence in you and in the team that you show them how you can fix it before the noise. As soon as we introduced the girls into it, um, the posture changed of all the boys, right? They were like, oh, crap. So because of <laughs> conditioning, it was like, okay, now I got to be the strong, tough, you know, guy, right? I got to be that man and, and all of these things. And they kind of lost a sense of that safe vulnerability that they had. And so as we were watching that, we started to uh, make sure we went back to them. We started to actually add it into our teaching across the board is that, you know, um, this is still a safe space, right? And no matter if it's guys or girls, uh, but to be vulnerable and, and you really, you know, teaching them that if you're ever going to really live your full potential, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to be wrong. You have to be willing. And then in our space too, the way we support that is because we're trying something totally new. And so we're like, by example, saying, hey, listen, we're failing all the time, and we have to be vulnerable. We have to express ourselves because we're trying to do something different, and we're not going to be able to do that if we're not vulnerable. If we're not, you know, uh, open to failing and open to, you know, feeling hurt. So um, we're teaching by example, basically, as you said too. As well. One of the things that we probably have been most surprised and disappointed by, and we talked about this the other day, was that so many uh, clients or large tenants are like, well, you know, let's say they're they're in the banking industry, they'll reach out to us and say, like, hey, I really want to know what. XYZ um, technology companies 
doing. I want to use that as my plan for coming back to the office. I want to use my, that's my plan that I'm going to design my space. And we're like, well, are you a technology company? They're like, well, no. I'm like, well, then why are you doing what they did? We're like, well, it looks really flashy and cool, and it's got won lots of awards. I think you know, it is disappointing at times that like companies don't want to do that deep dive that like Brent did really kind of get to know what your people do. But I think some of that, you know, COVID has certainly changed that where they really have to one kind of become get really very real with their data, really real with their people, uh, if they're going to want to accomplish their goals and then make part and make real estate part of that. Thank you all once again for tuning in to say hi to the Futures Leadership Forum. Hope you've had as much fun being with us every week as we have had hosting this show. You can find all the individual episodes on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. The Say Hi to the Future podcast series is produced by Sonia Romero, edited by Matt Miller, and special effects by Edward Vasquez. Please do leave us your thoughts and let us know if there were a guest you would want us to bring on the show and have a conversation with. We wish you and yours the very best over the holidays. We will be back next year, kicking off 2024 season in February.